Our spit is incredibly complex for a substance made of 99% water. It contains a genetic code that reveals the real you. And that DNA in your spit can also reveal meaningful insights about your health that could change everything. What would you do if you knew you were at a higher likelihood of developing a particular disease? Join 23 different iHeart podcast hosts as they explore their own health discoveries in the new season of Spit. Listen to Spit on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can say it. like, subscribe, <laughs> and rate. Is that right? Oh God, why? Are we, why are we shit today? We're not shit. I just don't. I just can't. I can't understand what your next point is. I'm trying to finish your sandwich. I said sandwiches. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to finish your sandwiches. The Gossip Gaze. The Gossip Gaze. The Gossip Gaze. This week on The Gossip Gaze, we have celebrity people with the star Austin Armacost on the show. We've got a dating dilemma with our listeners' letters. And we still have two tickets for Manchester Pride Festival to give away. Woo! I feel like if I ever went on Drag Race, by the way, do you think that could be my entrance? Oh, my lordy. (laughs) I don't know where it came from, but I say it non-stop at the moment. Oh, my lordy. I can see it on fans. I can see it on merch. So what is that your new catchphrase? Oh, my lordy. Okay, maybe not. I just say it all the time, like, oh, I'm stressed. I'm like, oh, my lordy. You were saying it on Hex the other day when it was like spinning us like yeah. fake upside down. Oh my lordy. <laughs> because it came from just like putting on a silly voice and then just sometimes that sticks. Have you ever never done that? Yeah, when I was a kid. <sighs> yeah, great. Me and my high school friends. What? I'm just laughing like because you when you were like, yeah, when I was a kid and I was like, yeah, great. I'm just a grown up child, aren't I? To be Carry fair on. though, I always used to have this silly voice with my ex-boyfriend. We oh, always really? Used to, yeah, we used to have this silly voice that we used to do. But like only what? me and him knew about it. Like what? I, d- I don't really want to do it. Do it. He Will told you be me, He told me Mr. Cat. Mr. Cat? <laughs> Mr. Cat. <laughs> I think this is weird. And yeah, I told you it's weird. And he used to be like, hoo Mr. Cat. Like that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week? What is... What is your bank holiday consisted of? Do you know what? Bank holidays are chocker, 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 chocker block for me. Same. Um, but I did have Friday night off. Right. It's a Friday night. It's a Friday night. That's my new song coming out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but it'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, And I went to... Oh, I went to Bear Bash. Bear Bash? Yeah, so it's, it's in Manchester. The Great British Bear Bash. 2019 it's a whole weekend for the bears you know what bears are right um they are the more stockier kind of um hairier hairier i would also i would also say older oh is that yeah is that right yeah yeah because you can get cubs which is like young bears yeah my cub uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i pulled that pose we're on a podcast that no one can see but just seeing how i look like uh, you know when in in titanic when somebody what's she called rose when rose is lying on the 
the chaise lounge. <laughs> and she says, paint me like one of your French girls. You could paint me like one of your French bears. Uh, <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, I went to Great British Bear Bash. And I met up with... Remember I told you a while ago that we went to see Joe's friends in near Bristol? Yeah. So they were down. Liam and Alex, and we went... Oh, right, they were out as well. Well, you know, because Liam is a chaser. A what chaser? A bear chaser. Right, so he likes the bears. Bears and, like, chubby guys as well. I think he's a bit of a chubby chaser too, I imagine bears to growl a lot as well, like... Or is that or is what, what like men or the actual men creatures? Did he? I don't know. Well, I'm not in conversation. I mean, right, hi, okay. how are you today? Girl, I'm fine. <laughs> right, okay. I mean? Um, maybe in the bedroom. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We had a night out in Manchester. Bear night. We so went... bear night is like a club night. We went. Yeah, we went to the big scrum. Right, I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh my god, it's all like hot guys in rugby kits, muscle guys, chunky guys. I'm gonna tell you something now. I am 26, I'm 27 at the end of this month. Yeah. And I have never felt more, not confident, maybe confident. I've never felt more okay in my own skin on a night out. I went out in a wrestling sling, I can't say it. I went out in a wrestling singlet. Singlet. Did it have a, the booty cut out? Yeah, but I had a pair of shorts on. Right, okay. And... You know what? It was real attitude free. There was real big guys dancing away with fans, and everyone was just themselves. It was really the most no attitude that I've ever been in Cruise One Hundred and One or in any nightclub. Do you think that's ever. because of the body types that are in there? A hundred percent. So these guys, some of them were very, very large, tops off, enjoying life, singing along. The music was impeccable. What was it? The music. The music was all fun and campy. No. Oh. We had DJ Pony. And then remember Martin McClutchbag from Liverpool, the drag queen? No. Well, he DJs now out of drag. Right. It's called Matthew. And he's... Was it pop music? It was... Um, oh, I wrote some songs down because I'm going to learn a million dollar bill. Oh, oh, oh. All the bears were like, he made you feel like a million dollar bill. Sing it. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, maybe not like that. <laughs> Whoa, okay, Lauren. Um, but yeah, it was fucking incredible. Brilliant night out. Brilliant night out. They even had like a, a little area that was very dimly lit and all things were going on in there and I didn't I didn't quite understand, but... You stumbled. knew exactly what was going on in there. Don't be Girl, ridiculous. I stumbled through a few times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, we are back with a brand... Oh, it's not brand new, actually. It's an old competition. We've reopened the That's door yes. to the tickets, honey. So, you can win two Manchester Pride Festival tickets to see Ariana Grande. It is the rainbow package. It's the rainbow package. So, that's Ariana Grande, Years and Years, Lady Leisha, um, Gokwan DJ set, Danny Beard, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, loads of people. Full access into the Mayfield site, because there's two sites this year, and full access into the Gay Village Party. Woo! And it's all free. Two tickets, free. How can you win them, Bill? You need to go head over to our Apple Podcast review page and leave us a review. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Apple oh, Podcast review page? I nearly said cage. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? What is wrong with us, girl? 
Head on over to the Apple Podcast review page. Leave us a little rating. Leave a little comment and a review. And while you're there, get your friends to do it too. That was a rhyming poem. Yeah, I know. slam poetry. <laughs> you should do it in the style of slam poetry. <laughs> Bitches, enter the competition. Big up your mum. <laughs> Big up your mum. The Gossip Gaze. So, this week's listener's letter has come in to me on Instagram from someone I know and they listen um, and they've said um, I would like to keep this listener's letter anonymous please uh, it's really simple it's I have been on a few dates with a boy from my work recently and he keeps mentioning his ex it's really starting to annoy me I like him but I don't know if I can or should say something or not because uh, I don't want to look like I'm the crazy one yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what should they do? It's because you've been on a, a few dates, it says. Yeah, right? and a boy from my work. Right, so, so I they, think they work together. Right, so they know each other prior to going on dates, then potentially. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so maybe that's why they've got. Maybe that's why it's annoying you more because you already kind of. It's a weird setup when you just sit getting to date someone. You just both getting to know each other equally. Yeah. But if you already know them quite well, then something they'll do is it would be annoying, wouldn't it? Because they obviously work together, they will have known each other like you said. And will have already had this sort of work relationship where we don't know to the level that that got to. Obviously, we know now they're dating. But, like... I've made some of my best friends through my work. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they could have been really good pals and then worked out that they fancied each other and then, like, we don't know. However, though, it is weird that he does keep mentioning his ex. I feel like, unless it gets brought up, like, oh, so, how long have you been in a so relationship in the past? Sex. The fucking dog is chasing a fly. Is he? Leave it. It's a fly. Come here. She looks crazy for it. Look at her. Carry on. We don't know what level of relationship they're at. No, but also I feel it's weird to keep bringing up an ex when you're going on dates with someone else. Just makes you seem like you're not over this. Over? I went really Australian there. Oh, I, felt no. like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're just not over this person. In this, well, that's, that's exactly what my instant gut says. I'm not over them. But there's two things. What if they don't know they're doing it? Because this reminds me a little bit. Okay, it's completely separate. But it reminds me a little bit of I went for a job. Um when I was in uni at the BBC. Yeah. Um, and I used to have a mentor in the BBC and he was a producer of BBC Breakfast and I shadowed him and I went on set and I was like, oh my God, this is the industry I want to work in. And I went for this role and the role was a really basic role in the industry, but it's how a lot of people would start. Yeah, of course, yeah. And the role was meet and greet. So the meet and greet... Whenever there's a guest to BBC, celebrity, normal person, whatever, yeah. they get a meet and greet. So somebody will come, collect them. Hi, I'm Daniel. I work for the BBC. Right. I'm going to take you to your dressing room today. You're going to be filming at this time. It's this time. Do we need to see makeup, costume? No, 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 no. There's a whole thing that you have to okay. process. And then you probably, when the guest's finished, you will take them back to the reception, sign so them out. So it's like a full like circle. So you you yeah yeah with this I mean? one person who you can so that was the job role and I went for the job role anyway and I spent the whole interview being like well in my current job as a drag queen I work with people all the time and well I can what I can use from my current job as a drag queen or what I've learned from being a drag queen is right. being a drag queen has enabled me <laughs> and basically my feed because they gave you feedback as well my feedback after the interview was we feel like 
Danny's too too involved with his current job to focus on. Right. To focus on this one at the moment, even though he's got the per- the right personality. Um, right. But the reason I'm telling you this is I didn't even know I was doing that. Until they told you. Until they told me and I was like, oh, I thought I only mentioned it once or twice. Right, yeah. But because in the back of my mind, it was something that was important to me. Hmm. I must have mentioned it more than, a, more than I wanted to. So this person might not even know they're doing it. Well, yeah. Very long-winded way to make my point. Apologies. But <laughs> yeah. it just reminds me of that. So I'm thinking, yes, definitely say something to them because they might not know they're doing it. You could even do it in I a jokey way. I'm just going to say that. You could be like, oh, God, you mentioned this X a lot, don't you? Oh, my yeah. God. Just, X on the brain. Yeah. You can make a joke of it without being like, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You mentioned Hang X too much. Minute. I don't like it. Izzy, come here now. Stay with me. The fly is a fly. It goes in the air and you don't. I don't even think they know they are doing it. Yep. So mention it. Yeah. But don't come across in a crazy way because you you could sound like a crazy data. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you don't, don't be like, if you mention this ex one more time, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, you know, you're really upsetting me with mentioning your ex. Can you just focus on me? Especially just when you've been on two days. it's not needy. Yeah. I think, come across crazy. I understand the fear. I think there's simple answer here, and I think they know the answer. I think it's just plucking the courage up to do it. I think quite clearly they like this person. They don't want to let it... They don't want to let it fizzle out or anything. Fizzle out. Yeah. So, and they don't want to push them away by looking crazy. Yeah. So, the best thing to do is just to joke about it when it next happens and see if they get the hint. My issue is, what if they don't get the hint and they don't know they're doing it? Then you can't be dating someone who's... Clearly still not, not over, over the over their ex. ex and then that's just the next stage in the process of this no dilemma how much you like them they will be over the ex one day and then you can go back to them if that's the case <laughs> well, there's plenty more fish in the sea there's plenty more tuna fish in the sea honey do you know how big a tuna fish is um guess guess with your hands about this big <laughs> it's as big as this sofa <laughs> are you joking no tuna fish yeah I'm no sad. it's not they're massive Honest to God, they're the, one of the biggest fishes in the ocean. Not the biggest fish in the ocean, I just made that bit up, but they're big. Let me just find it. I tuna. thought they'd be like normal fish size. Well, I thought they'd be like <clears throat> a koi, koi carp. A what? A koi carp or something, you know, a pond fish. Right, yeah. No, maybe slightly bigger than that. But, because, well, how big's a tin? I thought you'd get... So, just an average tin. Right. I thought a tuna fish would be what? You probably get four tins out of one fish. Right. But you probably get the f- Atlantic bluefin tuna, 380 kilogram. I don't Just know Googled what that is. Her. I don't know how big that is, though. Well, what do you think you weigh? I weigh 70. Kilogram. Yeah. That's 380. Right, so it, oh, fucking hell, that's really big. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> They're like sharks. Are they dangerous? Oh, I think they must be dangerous. Yeah. Massive fish. Massive big fuck off tuna fish. So I think when you go to bed tonight, say three Hail Marys and oh my lordy, and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is the part of the show where we've got Austin Armacost. Babe, we, why, can I just say, we are doling out 
doling out these interviews at the moment. Is oh, doling yeah. out the right word or do we, is that meant to be rolling out? Rolling out, is oh, it not? They see me rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate it. <sighs> trying to catch me riding. Trying to when catch I ca- me riding. The dog's just head-butted the dog. <gasps> she got the fly! No, it's still there, though. Oh, she got it, though. She head-butted. Yes, she's got the fly! Get it! Oh, I feel bad that she's killed it now, but it's one of them big minion ones. We are fucking rolling out these interviews at the moment, are we not, girl? Absolutely. I feel like people want to be on the show at the moment. I mean, okay, but, I am asking them, but they <laughs> want to be on as well. Yeah. And can I just say, Austin's hospitality, I could not believe it. You know what? Backstory, backstory. You know, we chat about it a bit in the interview. I went on tour with Austin yeah. um, for Panto, a January uh, Panto. And... He is the sweetest, most under, not underrated, but look, reality stars, people often are like, well, the famous for being famous, what what are they? What do they do? Yeah. And he was so into his job, he gave uh, 110% every day. At Panto, you're talking about. At Panto. Yeah. And you know what? I have a little bit of an issue, personally, if you want to employ. Oh, baby, what's up? I have a bit of an issue if you want to employ a reality star to do an acting job and they just shit. Because mm. I want to watch a good show. Yeah. And he was brilliant. He was funny. You came and seen it. I saw the show. It was really funny. Really funny. He reminds me a little bit of like a child in a grown-up's body. Right, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's always wanted fun and, you know. I feel that's the American in him as well, though. Possibly. Because Americans were always like that. like. And he's just moved into this new house and he was like, oh, yeah, come round and... Gorgeous, by the way. What was it like? Beautiful new house. Beautiful house. Kitchen to die for. House to die for. Yeah. Boyfriend to die for. His boyfriend rocked up halfway through. Darren looking lovely. He did. He looked fabulous, yeah. Um, All that aside, he put on a bloody lovely spread. We had bottles of Prosecco. We had a bit of... Pizza. 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 Hummus. Hummus. Oh, Oh, lovely little spread. Anyway, so here is the interview with the lovely Austin Armacost. So, today we are joined by the absolutely gorgeous Austin Armacost. Hello, Gossip Gays. Hello, come through. <laughs> oh, there we go. Do you know what? Um, I've been the most excited about this interview so far. Oh, thanks, Danny. But that's because we got to know each other working, doing Panto. Yeah. So we went on a UK tour, didn't we, together? We did. Three countries, 14 shows, <laughs> oh. 7,000 miles. Oh, come yes. through autistic knowledge. Of the <laughs> I remember it. Well, you know, everyone did that. As soon as the show was over, every yeah, single yeah, cast yeah. member did Copy that and thing. Copy and pasted. Copy well, and pasted. Did you come up with it? Uh, I think the producers did. Oh, okay. Uh, but I did copy and paste it because I was like, wow, that's yeah. quite impressive. Mm. You know, we did kick off about traveling <laughs> the last night. This is such a fun story. So anyway, the drivers were up for like 21 hours straight. Yeah. And then, then oh we my lord, god, yeah. And then we had they wanted us to go with them after they've been up for 21 hours, just done two shows back to back, and then drive six hours from like Aberdeen what? to somewhere. And I was like, I am absolutely not going. I'm not putting my life at risk. Yeah. This is insane. And so, oh God, like, I forgot all about that. There was a mutiny. There was a mutiny. I like, <laughs> them ended up in a hotel. Didn't you pay for that? Yeah, I said I'll. I, I said I will pay for the drivers' rooms, and then the cast oh members will God. split it. And then at the other, there was you were on the other bus. I was on the other bus because you know me. I was like, well, I am not paying for it. <laughs> they can pay for a hotel, yeah. and if they don't pay for the hotel, then whatever yeah, yeah and then so. they were like well we're not paying for the hotel austin's actually paying for the hotel and i was like well i'm not asking austin to pay for my hotel i <laughs> yeah, 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 to yeah. austin to pay for my oh, you can class. pay for my hotel <laughs> i appreciate that that's so good of you and you were right i shouldn't have paid for it 
So I was just um, like, absolutely not. I was like, if you put me in this van and something happens, then it's on your fucking head, bitch. Yeah, bam. Were, were they willing to drive, though? <laughs> to be fair, our driver, we didn't have... <laughs> so there was two drivers, okay. right? And to be fair, if I was on Austin's... There was two vans, so <laughs> okay. if I was on Austin's van that night... I would have been in Austin's bed. I would have been with Austin. <laughs> but our driver wasn't. Our driver was all right. He was very professional. He was professional. But also, you know, the driver of our van was like whispering in my ear down in in the green room, like, "I do not want to drive. Please, please what? tell the producer I don't want to go." Oh, so they okay. they they didn't Show want business. to do it. Okay. So of course, so this entire conversation with the cast took place downstairs. Then we went upstairs in front of the producer and the head driver. Everyone was silent. Do you remember? I, I kicked off. Because I was like, well, what? how's everyone feel was about it? We sat on stage. Yeah, we, sit, we were sat And I was stage. getting ready, so I always take two hours to, yeah, to get so, ready. Yeah. Oh, yes, always, that's I'm right. always you away were, from everyone you weren't present. Period. Well, so you know, so that really cute straight dancer. Not, yes, yes, not yes. Not Troy, yes. what... James St. Yes. James, he had some weird name. Um, <laughs> it wasn't James St. James, but we'll call no, him that something like that. Some stage but, name like okay. that. But they were like, well, what do you think about it? He goes, well, really, you know, if you guys are if you guys are cool with it, I could do it. If you're not cool with it, it's fine. Either way, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, excuse me. You just said four minutes ago downstairs, you are completely uncomfortable with getting in the van, and now you're pulling this shit. And then Davina stepped in and was like, let him have his opinion. Let him have his opinion. I was like, but it's not an opinion. When you just say I'm good with that or good with this right. or whatever, I was like, that's not an opinion. So everyone completely like threw, threw me under the bus as if I was the only one conversing about not wanting to go and no one's no one had my back but i feel like though people don't like whatever job you're in people just don't like confrontation well especially no. british people as well Absolutely. <laughs> you guys yeah. are, oh yes i'll just stand in this queue oh yes thank you please yeah. and thank you so much yeah. thank Talof. you for putting my life at risk. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> really I, appreciate this. so i stepped in and i was like listen bitch this ain't happening um, so anyway, I got my way in the end. <laughs> I was out, I was out 150 quid, but all that aside, though, we did have a riot. It was a blast. Was I had, and do you know what? I've never been on tour like that before. Yeah, uh, traveling around, you know, in in these uh, what do you like tour bus, Mercedes, yeah. Sprinter yeah. vans. I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved it. I I found it more stress. The things I found more stressful about it were the things I didn't think about. Like, so the having to be out of the hotels by 12 because oh, yeah. when I do my own tour my own planning you sleep forever I will just pay <laughs> that extra fucking 20 quid for the room because obviously I'm only doing one room and it's me yeah. but I suppose when you're a theatre producer and you've got 10 rooms you don't want to pay 20 quid on 10 rooms every place Mr. Beard, it's 6 p.m. You were supposed to be out at 11 this morning. Please, please evacuate. I'm like stinking of booze and like the sauna from the night before. Go away. So was this your first panto you've ever done? It was my third, third? actually. Yeah, so I did. Um, so, you know, I'm very honest and open when I do interviews and, and stuff. So I don't know if you know this, but I, the panto before this one, I was drunk on stage and it was a kid's pantomime. It was oh, no. a children's pantomime at Christmas. Yeah. So I had done, I, this is the second time doing Anton's panto, once in Northwich, once in Rochdale. I did it with Edwina Curry and Bruce Jones, Les okay. Battersby, the, oh, first, the first year I did yeah. it. And Bruce Jones and I became really good friends, actually. I ended up staying with him on New Year's Eve because we got snowed in. And I woke up in his bed and he was in his underwear. Yeah, well, okay. We were both in our underwear. No. Nothing, nothing sexual, but just, um, it's weird to wake up in, in bed with Les like, Battersby, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> What a great story. And we had like 12 pints of Guinness the night before. We actually went to a gypsy Christmas party 
Um, everything was closed, obviously, but they, yeah. they rented out a ballroom at the travel lodge. I didn't even know they had a ballroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we just knocked on the door and was like, hey, we have nowhere to go. We're, we're on Panto. Can we join you? And so we went in and they were like giving Bruce um, their babies and like he was dancing around <laughs> and like <laughs> letting him taste oh, yeah. the froth from the Guinness. <laughs> Really? It was a really good. It was a really good New Year's Eve, and he's such a lovely guy. And he he worked really hard. I know a lot of people talk about his alcoholism, and uh, he wasn't sober when I was working with him. But he showed up to work every day on time, true professional, always on stage, never missed a curtain call, nothing. So really? I thought it was fab. All if you were so- if you were on a soap once, you can do panto <laughs> for the rest of your life. Okay, I was on Britain's Got Talent for two minutes, and I'll be doing panto for the rest <laughs> yes, of my life. I mean, <laughs> But you are you are incredible panto act. I, I have to say, as I just told you as we were setting up, I just want everyone to know, if you get the opportunity to see Danny Beard in a panto, 100% go. I was in the cast, and I was act- I would run to the wings during his scenes to watch him live. He was incredible. Very funny. I pissed myself several times. And it wasn't just because we were drinking port in between the show. <laughs> I'm going to get that clip, and I'm yeah. going to play that outside my dressing room. <laughs> on repeat. Just to Love remind it. everyone. So this third panto it wasn't a standard panto was it it no, wasn't it was adult. A, yeah, adult panto so it's a little bit rude and you actually got semi-naked which i saw as well on stage i did and how we, was that well when i first when we first talked about doing if i was not in pantomime something else i'd like to be yeah we discussed me doing the porn star and i said okay well that's i might just take my top off well then i thought oh well, i'm a bit of a kinky bugger i've got a, i've got a leather harness at home okay i've got some nipple clamps so maybe we can incorporate those into the show as well. Brilliant. And obviously I was like, no way, we can't have that. Bring them in now. Hi. Hiya. You okay? Close the door for us, darling. Aww, Sorry, my in. partner's just come home. Hi, Hi. Darren. You look so handsome in that suit. Suited and booted. Right, Darren, come here real quick. We want to see you. <laughs> do a oh, little, you should see his ass right do now. Do a little runway say. for you us. You look brilliant <laughs> at the moment. How are you? What good are you? Thank you. <laughs> All right, can I have a kiss? Um... <laughs> You got your shoes on on the carpet. I have, yeah, it's not allowed. <laughs> I could see him. I know, yeah, like looking at his shoes. Right. Oh, I'm very careful. I never leave to it. Bye. All right, baby. Leave leave it. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about adult panto, and you've got your nipple clamps. Yes. Yeah, so leather harness, nipple clamps. I got like my my black striped socks. That yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so I I did this number the very first time i don't think any of the cast actually knew about it so no, when i had taken my top when i took my top off and i was there my like my jock strap and my harness i just saw them all gagging but it's what it's one of those gags where you can laugh at it you know because you you know you mess up your words and you struggle and do you know what i will say working with austin in all fairness right you're not an you're not an actor are you you've never said you was an actor he's you know he's a reality tv star he's famous for, for being Austin. Yeah. Is that I'm, fair to say? Yeah, You've that's done other fair. stuff. But when he came as part of the group, he was stuck in and as involved. And even in between, he'd want to learn his lines. He'd always want to do the best. And even throughout the run from place to place, he was getting better. And he'd, he'd learn different moments. And it was, yep. and it, what I'm saying is, it was basically a completely different discipline to what he did. But he did it in such a way that. The people were screaming for you after when the people they were screaming for you after it was uh it was well it was either one way or the other because as you know Scotty T was headlined to do the show right so yeah I didn't want to bring it up but yeah oh yeah Uh, I mean definitely he contributed to probably ninety percent of the ticket sales and I don't mind saying that but I think what was great was after a few people had come and reviewed the show they realized that I 
was probably a better move absolutely than, than having scotty t and absolutely because yeah. you invested in the show you invested in the other people on stage and you knew that you were there to do a job and actually that is the risk sometimes with taking somebody from a, a reality world and i say Correct. it i say it in that you know that's the world we live in that's like you just said that's what sells tickets yeah but um well do you know what speaks- it was a great experience and sorry if you if i feel like if it wasn't you we would have all had a different experience. Mm. But anyway, thank you. Says. It was great. Can I just say we've been, we just delved right into conversation here. If there's anyone listening that goes, Arsenamacast, what would you? How would you best describe yourself? Oh gosh, like what am I known for? What, what are you known for? My personality. Yeah. Well, yeah, a bit of both, really. Like, what, or what? What would you like people to know you for? All right, that's uh, a nice well, way of asking. Well, let's just go from like the fame point of view quickly yeah. get out of the way because that's the, that's the boring stuff that's on the wikipedia page De- uh, fashion model at 17 in new york started dating mark jacobs got papped together then went on a reality tv show called the a-list new york uh did very well and it was it was globally quite a popular show because it was the first ever all gay ensemble cast. i was just gonna yeah. say that and it was by logo tv most people now know for drag race wasn't yeah it? the origin of rupaul's drag race she was on 10 to 11 we were on from mm-hmm. 9 to 10 Oh, so, so just um, before. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've worked with or know 80% of the RuPaul's Drag Race girls, because uh, obviously we're network family, as yeah, we say. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then for a couple of years, I didn't really do much. I was living in England. I was married. I got married at 21. Uh, then got asked oh. to go on Celebrity Big Brother, came runner up, and I the nation fell in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I became the nation's sweetheart. Um, and then, Cheryl number two. Yeah, that's it. And I could I can do a good Newcastle as well. Okay, we'll <laughs> definitely cut that out. We'll definitely cut that. Out. Oh, and then I, you went on All Stars and then did All Stars. I was only in there for eleven days. It was Friday the thirteenth. They did this like weird eviction twist. So I wasn't kicked out. I wasn't evicted. They did this weird twist where I left. But it was it was so much better because I was like in a London five-star hotel eating steak and they were in there miserable with Jen right. Word and Heidi and Spencer. Oh, I couldn't, yeah. I could not have lasted. I could not have lasted time. with them. No, they Sorry. were a nightmare. And so, yeah. they, do you know what? Like in this business, a lot of people like to drop names, but yeah. they cannot go one sentence without, without dropping a name. I know. And you oh, know, funny what... you should say that because last week me and Mariah Carey were talking <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, that was when she just left Diddy's house and I was there yeah. for the white party. <laughs> <laughs> What were you saying? Yes. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I did Big Brother again. And now I'm, and now I'm like, I'm settling down. I'm not that bothered about being on TV. I know a lot of people like strive to have five minutes. But you know what? Do you not think that's a nice place to be? Like you've done, you've gone in at, probably at the, when the Big Brother was at the height of, of being Big Brother. Like it's yeah. not on now. <laughs> you mean before it got kicked off? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but, but, but now yeah. it's gone. Yeah. But no, now no, it's you... gone, you know, you, and you've done that and now... You're right. So many people would jump at the chance to have a shit or a shag on telly just to be on telly. Well, you were asking me earlier what, what I do now, what I'm most passionate about. So global food and travel writer. I, I wanted to bring that up because I remember you talking about it when we did Panto. Yeah. Um, so when I got with Darren, Darren was a massive travel bug, as was I. He traveled a bit more luxuriously than I did. Like, I'm the kind of person who didn't mind staying in a travel lodge yeah. in an Ivis. And then Darren's like, no, we need to go for, like, the Ritz-Carlton or the Hyatt <laughs> International <laughs> And I'll so be like, like, okay, Darren, so, well, well, you better pay me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, honey, I told him that. I'm like, yeah. listen, we'll, we'll meet in the middle. I'm like, I'll pay, I'll give you my budget, and then anything above that you can cover. Thanks. <laughs> uh, luck, luckily, he has his own IT business, so he's doing just fine. Okay, girl. Um, but, but it was, it, you know, it was when we first got together, I 
had just gone back in the house, actually. So I had a fresh big paycheck from Channel 5. Yeah. So I was able to keep up with him. And uh, I, I re- I've, been, I've, been, I've been a writer for 15 years. I write about, you know, Guys Like You is a, is a forum that I'm on online. We, we take submissions and there's a celebrity columnist, myself, Dr. Ronge is on there. Simon Dunn, who's this Australian bobsled guy. He was guy. the other day, Dr. Ronge. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he's so lovely. He's, he's, he's lovely. very lovely. Yeah, like, nice hi. guy. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, I've been writing for 15 years and I, I was doing all this incredible traveling. And I thought, why would I not combine these two passions of mine? And so I, I snatched up all those social media names of hungry travel boy, which is what I decided to call myself because it's food and travel. Right. Uh, I got the domain. So I, I, I'm hoping to launch this summer, uh, but I want to, I want my website to be like packed full of content before I release it. So right. nice. if you go on like Instagram, hungry travel boy, it's got, I think like 35 pictures or videos. Weirdly, that's also my grinder name. It's hungry oh, travel bottom. Hungry, <laughs> or, no, you're, you're, it's hungry travel bottom. Oh, that's right. the way. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what thing I wanted to bring up today was you launched an underwear brand, didn't you? I did. Serge Underwear. Uh, so yeah, so I, I got together with my, my TV agents um, to collaborate on this underwear campaign that was all about positive body image, um, physical acceptance of the male body. And we launched about nine months ago, 10 months ago. And it was, it's doing very well. It got a lot of international press. Our first campaign had 12 guys, all different sizes, colors, shapes, and there was trans guys. We had on a, there we had too. a few trans models as well. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, huge advertising, great great story just in itself. Yeah. And I actually was I was a bit disappointed that the mainstream media didn't pick it up more than it did. I think it did run in the Daily Mail and the Mirror. Um. So yeah, but unfortunately, I've actually stepped away from that for a bit. Uh, the commitment was getting a little bit overwhelming. Okay. And I wasn't I wasn't happy enough with the return to keep investing the time I was investing in it. Okay. So I wish my partners the best, surgeonderwear.com. Yeah. They, they do, you know, it's very comfortable. It's like extra small to 3XL. Yeah. I think the main reason I brought it up though is because um, we're talking a lot about body image at the moment. And like, obviously, I'm a chunky gay guy and Billy's been a former fat... Yeah, well, well, FFG, been a, fat FFG. girl. Yeah. We call each other fat girl or an FFG. She's an FFG because she's a former fat girl. <laughs> I'm still, I love I'm an still a fat girl. Yeah. Um, SFG. <laughs> What's that? Still fat girl. <laughs> I'm an SFG. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> you know that's going to stick, don't that's you? That's going to stick now. Was being um, a brand for all, okay, you know, I know you're not involved with it now, but was, was being a brand for all important to you? A hundred percent. And I think... M- one of the reasons why also I wanted to step away as the face of the, of the company is because I'm, I have a nice build yeah. and I felt like the more that it went on and the more that I would receive messages from people who loved the underwear, thought it was great. I, it, it seemed like it would constantly come up that, but you know, you're in great shape. So yeah. why are you continuing to support this? And I mean, I'm not one of those Instagram gays that has a 30 inch waist and an yeah. eight pack and massive biceps. Like I'm a thicker guy. I, I like to say rugby build. Yeah. I'm like kind of a broad husky rugby player. And um, in a couple of years, it's at it. I'd say. And that's fine with me. I love my body. I'm happy with it. I love cheeseburgers and beer. And I also love the gym. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not on this path to go, Oh, I got to get summer ready. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I don't need a six pack. I've got, a great man i've got a great life i don't need to impress 
no motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> oh, I wish oh, you could have seen how he did that into the mic. No motherfuckers. Um, do you have any advice if there's anyone listening, right, that is a bit like, I hate my body? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, body acceptance is is a big problem in, in not only the world or men in general, but the gay community especially, because we are judged so harshly. And it not, it not only is it judging passively or behind your back, but it's judging to your face. How does your grinder photo look? How do you look at, you know, on Canal Street with your top off? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a constant judge, judgy meat market, really. Um, <laughs> just think about what you find sexy. Do I find a guy with a 30-inch waist and APAC sexy? Yes. Do I find a 55-year-old with a bit of, with a fuzzy chest and a bit of a beer belly sexy? Absolutely. There's also times where I find like a little 19-year-old, little twinkie, tinstone boy sexy. So sex is not only objective, but it's so different for everybody. And I think... Also, one thing about being sexy is not only the physicality side of it, the, the physiological side of it, but also the confidence. Confidence can, can outshine any muscle, any tight booty, anything. Weirdly, we've been talking about this very this recently. This is literally what we've been saying. And if you ooze confidence, that's more sexy than any body shape you can ever have. A hundred percent. And even if you are, and also it can trump great a great physical body so i'm saying like if there's a really i keep using this this uh, analogy you know eight pack and 30 inch yeah, yeah, waist yeah. so if there is a guy who is an eight pack and 30 inch waist i'm like oh he's sexy and then you speak to him he has no confidence boom done not or, sexy or anymore sometimes if they're if they're like a dick yeah 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 and do you know what i mean some of the some of the most entertaining people i know i mean i'll be honest i don't have I don't really have a lot of sexy friends. I don't find super rip guys that fun to be around. Yeah, same. They're all the only conversation. I mean, the only conversation is, hey, "What'd you do in the gym, bro? Yeah. When when are we dieting? Yeah, yeah I'm three months no alcohol. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I've 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 yeah. been on this earth for 31 years. I've put in the hard work. You know, as a model, I did all that. So I do not need to be in that gym three hours a day. I do not need to be on a 1,200-calorie-a-day diet. No, thank you, ma'am. Uh, listen, we want to we wanna go delve a little bit back, actually, with you, if that's okay. Uh, because Billy was talking this morning about the whole uh, the uh, A-list era and the Mark Jacobs era. Yeah. You know, tell us about what it's like being that guy from there and going to this guy on the A-list tour in America being in gay clubs and being... Yeah, um, so it was very... It was a very abrupt change because I was I was modeling it from 16 to 18 in Indiana and I was like, okay, I, I got like a Target commercial. <laughs> I was like modeling some lollipops at the local bank, you know, like right. nothing yeah. serious. And then once I moved to Chicago, I was only there for three months and then I moved on to New York and got an agency there and almost immediately met Mark Jacobs on MySpace. Oh, um, wow. So we actually met on MySpace. So That's getting, it. yeah, he, he he said to me, I, I texted him because he just got back from a Caribbean holiday with his ex boyfriend. You know, because Mark was speaking of body image, he was, uh, oh, how can I say this? He was like a complete swamp donkey um, <laughs> before before mean? his transformation. Like big, like, like very large, very shat, like very like unwashed hair. Right, uh, he, he, very scruffy. He looked right. dirty. He's like very dandruffy. I mean, he was Ooh, he was a swamp. Imagine a donkey and you throw it in the swamp. <laughs> okay, a I'm imagining. Donkey. I'm imagining. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, so, like, hold on. A donkey in a swamp covered in dandruff. Okay, it wasn't a good look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. So anyway, and then he, he went through this massive lifestyle change. Uh, he, he lost a lot of weight. He got his body right. He got a new stylist. Rachel Zoe actually styled him. And uh, he b- b- before the transformation, he was hiring prostitutes, male hookers. And one yeah. of them he fell in love with, Jason something... Jason who? Uh, who? Jason goodbye. Who, who is actually calling up the producers of the A-list constantly saying, if you want Mark Jacobs' real boyfriend, here I am. Come and get me. Austin only dated him for a few months. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. Uh, I'm like, sorry, hookers need not apply. Uh, rent boy, rent boy, next. Uh, so, so yeah. So then I, I, I started doing club appearances where like hundreds of people would come out to see me. And I thought... I mean, I'm just living my life. If you if you if you haven't seen the show, I was 21 years old. I was from Southern Indiana. I was very naive. I wasn't involved in the scene. Um, I was very outspoken. I didn't carry myself like a Manhattan socialite, which is what they called us on the show, which I definitely was not. Right. Um, and then some of the other queens definitely tried to pretend that they were. Okay. And carried themselves with an air of authority and excellence. Uh, but I was I was very open and I was like, listen, this is all new to me. And that was your first time as a on a reality show, right? At first time ever, yeah. And how? Well, can I just say, so the very first time I filmed, uh, we didn't like do a screen test or anything. Um, I went in for two meetings. They hired me, and then the first time we sat down for an interview explaining who I was. I was like, hey, I'm Austin, I'm 21, I'm from Southern Indiana, and I don't give a shit what you gotta say about me. (laughs) And that was like the first thing I ever said on camera, and the producer was like, cut. He's like, oh my god, you're amazing, this is exactly what we need, do not change. She's in. And so I was like, okay, well this is, this is, if if this is what it means to be in the entertainment business, in reality television, this is what I need to do, just be a bit of a hot mess. (laughs) And so I was. But but not messier than anyone who wasn't on camera. You know what I mean? Do you feel, um... Did they manipulate situations? A hundred percent. Yes. We were never told what to say, uh-huh. but they would like, if we were filming at a party and the entire cast was meant to be there, whoever was fighting at that time would be the first two to arrive. Um, and then someone's ex-boyfriend, the producers would go and find like an ex and somehow they would be invited and what, to the party. you'd be waiting in a room? You'd Wait, be waiting. Yeah, we, 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 were be, we, we would be on standby here or standby there. Right. And, or they'd come up and say, Derek's just arrived and he said this about you. Do you know that like on the next episode, he's going to say this about you? So we were, never, we were often told how to react. Like we shot a whole scene once. It took us 45 minutes to film this scene. I was a bit hungover. So I was very <laughs> low energy, not that exciting. It was in the sun as well. Oh my God, it was terrible. It was on the pier in New York and we shot this entire scene and the producer goes, right, can we just go ahead and try that again with a bit more energy? And I was like, oh my God, I do not want to do this again. So we were never told what to do, but many times we were told how to react, right. where to be. If so our if our reaction wasn't big enough, we had to make it bigger. So similar to what we see on TOWIE. Things like, yeah, Made well, in Chelsea, made things in Chelsea. like that. I watch neither of those. Okay. <laughs> Similar to what we see, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, a lot of love to Bobby Norris. He's a great guy. He's so lovely. And what he's doing with the petition right now to make online bullying a, a criminal offense is fantastic, but not a fan of those shows. <laughs> so would you, if you got 
if you got some interest on those shows, would it be a no or would it be something you'd have to seriously consider? No, I would. I wouldn't. Well, here's the problem with those shows is that they're, they're always filming at like their fancy parties and their yeah, fancy yeah, yeah. houses with their fancy cars <laughs> and handbags. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just let, let's get real a bit. Yes, I mean a lot of those people are. I mean, I can name Bobby Norris, Jim McCollins. There's two brothers on there. I think Charlie King was Charlie King. Charlie on King there? was on it very briefly. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I know him because he's gay. I yeah. Mean, I only know him because he's gay. Is he gay? Oh, he's fantastic. He's he's yeah. Fair. Well, I, the only experience I have, I met him uh, at London Pride, and right. he wasn't very friendly. He wasn't warm. Oh, he, was he I was. Not? I was like, sister, <laughs> what's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> but it was. It was <laughs> do you know what? It was funny because it was like it was me and Bobby Norris and Nadia Essex and and Nathan Henry. On one side of oh, the bus. Oh, he's cute. Nathan? Yeah. He looks great. He he's looks great. doing really well. Um, and then on the other side, it was like, uh, it was Charlie King. And then who's that? Andrew Hayden Smith. I used to love him. He was in a CBBC kids show and then he used yeah. to present and I used to love him. Yeah, and Duncan on. James on the other side. Oh, I love Duncan. So I, I didn't Duncan know if they felt good. like they were a bit above us. Right. It was a, it was a strange feeling. They're a bit clicky. Duncan's, yeah, it was a bit right. clicky. Uh, from from Andrew and Charlie, Duncan's been my boy for, I've known Duncan five, six, seven years. Right. He's yeah. lovely. We actually, we have a really good friendship. Um, but it was something weird. It seemed like a bit of a... Because it was all the reality boys and Nadia on right. one side. Yeah. And then, well, Charlie King. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're a trainer or something. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Even in, like, people will look at the celebrity worlds and think, oh, my God, like, oh, I'd love to be a part of that. But even within that world... Bitchy. It's clicky and bitchy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like, oh, and there's all... Everything like... Everything just needs to be a bit more chill. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, do you know what? Especially now with like all the free love and sex we can have with prep, which is obviously incredible. Like, let's go back to that time where we loved each other. Everyone just shagged like crazy. I mean, the only thing that's changed, uh, you know, obviously after the AIDS epidemic and we, we lost 400,000 brothers and sisters, uh, 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 you know, in, in the gay community, yeah, yeah. I think the figures... Um, somewhere around 400,000, 500,000. But like before that, free love, peace, yeah. enjoying each other, being happy, fucking, drinking. <laughs> like, I think, uh, do you know what we do want to touch upon today? Is OnlyFans. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Yes. Um, you've got an OnlyFans now. I started OnlyFans uh, middle of January. When we were on tour. When we were on tour. I remember was... you posting your first one. You did. I, I think someone took at me in the shower in the green room. Uh, a little bit of booty. There we go. And I was very... I, do you know what's funny? Like, I'm, I'm so open. I love yeah. discussing these things. I In the beginning, I said, you know, I'm not going to show this. Or I'm not going to do that. But for anyone who has OnlyFans and ha- has a more mainstream profile as well, like I do, I think some of the other ones... Oh, gosh. There's Actually, big... no, not, ma- not many people who I know do OnlyFans. But... Hang on, but there's a big... There's some... Love Island people were on bloody this morning talking about it. This were morning. they? It was a while ago now. Oh, I must have missed I that. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very late to the party. I think OnlyFans started like three years ago. But so, you know, it, it started out as a platform for celebrities to, to release exclusive content. Yeah. And then when porn stars got a hold of it and realized they could do, you know, make home videos and, and, and get paid for it. And, and there was a platform to do the, the finances. And people and, can make dollar from their own sofa, right? It is... It, yeah, it's good, isn't yeah. it? I'm obviously I'm not I'm not talking to you. I'm just in general the platform allows people to connect with fans. I know people that are making fifty thousand pounds a month. I'm, I'm not making I'm not making that much. 
I'm not making that much, but I'm making a very Good nice money. amount of money. Well, you're sat in my new home. Sex, <laughs> sex <laughs> bought this house. It's beautiful. <laughs> really nice. This um, is the house that sex and technology built. My, my partner Darren owns an IT company, and I, I guess I'm just a webcam model now. So, um, do you think you have felt more body confidence since you've been doing your own? A hundred, a hundred percent. It's really so. To get just. To, go a bit dark for a second i thought i had hiv for almost a decade Uh, i was raped in chicago uh by someone i knew and it came out a couple days later that they had hiv i was too scared to get tested so for eight and a half years i didn't know every time i got a cold i thought i was uh, i was zero converting Uh, beyond that every time i got a headache i thought it was full-blown aids i mean it was awful it was an awful way to live for so long and then when I met Darren, he said, listen, I'm on prep. If you have it, I'll just keep taking prep as long as we're together. Um, if you don't have it, then you've had anxiety for nine, nine and a half, ten years for absolutely nothing. So I went and got tested and the test came back. I did not have it. Um, so it was a massive relief. And ever since that day, I felt like I've been embracing like my inner sex beast. Um, Cause yeah. I was very, I did I hardly did anything. I was like a nun for those eight and a half years, obviously because I didn't want to spread yeah. it to anyone else. If, if I did have it, um, I was married at the time. Jake knew everything about it. He knew the situation. So we were always very, very safe, but I always had such a hang up with sex because of the situation I was in. And now that, um, you know, undetectable is untransmittable. People are on prep. People are on effective treatment let's just love each other and have lots of fun sex. That is one of the benefits of being a gay man is that um, we don't get each other pregnant. We can go out and have as much sex as we want. We're a lot more liberal than, you know, yeah. than heterosexual couples are. And even as long even as though we're safe and consensual. Absolutely. If two fun. adults want to do, or three adults, or four adults want to go do <laughs> I mean, whatever they... I mean, we're on a they... big sofa right now. I can only imagine how many we adults... Can fit, we could fit six tops and four bottoms on this sofa. <laughs> so exactly. I mean, I, I, that's one of the perks of, of, of being gay is the rules are a, a bit different for us. And we can do what we want to do. And, and as long as, you know, I am a big, big uh, advocate for whatever your relationship is, honor that. If you're in a monogamous relationship, okay. If the rules are you don't sleep around behind each other's backs, honor that. You know, you, you set your own rules. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to play by the rules of societal heterosexuality. We don't. It's whatever works for the people in that relationship, I suppose. And as long of, as you're both course. truthful with each other and honest, I don't see where it could go wrong. Yes. And that's, and that's that, but sorry, you, the, that, that went from, oh, his only fans like brought me out. More. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it has. I consider myself a solo exhibitionist who's in a monogamous relationship. So Darren and I don't sleep with other people, but he has allowed me to find myself sexually through this platform and I'm absolutely loving it. Brilliant. And so, you know, I, I, I don't need to ask his permission, but if I do something where I'm like, oh, I don't know if he'll like that. You know, like like I'm in a harness playing with my dick Ooh. and squeezing my nipples. I'm like, babe, what do you, well, he'll edit videos with me as well. You know, like I'm not like shoving a dildo up my ass on camera. Yeah. Um, but there are there are a few naked pictures of me on there, front and back. And uh, I'm getting to the point now where, you know, the numbers are good and I might just pop a video up on there oh, soon. Oh, hey, video. So. <laughs> um, look, I want to just, I want to just touch back on something you said there. Because um, you lived... Obviously, well, I didn't know this until just now, but you just said you lived a period of your life in in this crazy denial and scared feeling. And I think, you know, I would be wrong if I said I've not had that same feeling in the past about going and getting tested. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing worse than that feeling. So 
if you don't mind just drawing on your experience if there's anyone today listening to this and thinking oh maybe I should go and get tested would you have any advice for them or any anything to maybe relieve an anxiety that you carried with you for eight years that maybe someone else doesn't need to do of course I mean we live in a day where HIV and AIDS is a completely treatable disease you, there is nothing to be afraid of. The, 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 I mean, do you know what? I was at a seminar actually in Stockholm recently. That sounded really fancy. I know. <laughs> it was, I, I was a judge at Mr. Gay World in Sweden, in Stockholm. And we, we do several seminars about health and body image and, and HIV. And they said, actually, statistically, um, someone with HIV will live longer than someone without. Because every 90 days, you're getting your blood checked, you're getting your liver function checked, everything. So if, there's, if something ever comes up, they'll find it when it's three months old or two months old or a week wow. old, whenever your doctor's appointment is. And that statistic blew me away. I mean, had I known that nine years ago, what the hell would I have waited for? Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if having this disease can actually make you healthier in the, in the long term, if that makes sense, I can't, I can't really find the words to say this. If it will inevitably find something else. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not even, gonna, I think people know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> having HIV, obviously is, is a life altering thing. Don't, you don't want to go out because you know, there, there are people who think, well, I'm going to young gay men. Oh, I'm inevitably going to get it. Uh, but you know, bug chasing is a thing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think with today with, with prep, with effective treatment, as I said, you know, undetectable being untransferable, untransmittable rather, what is the point not to get tested? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's only putting, it's only, causing you harm in the long run. And I know it's all, you know, I, I know it's a very scary thing, but now you can get home tests. They well, can send a test to your home. I have just been delivered a home test and I've got to do, and I've got a full screening there to do in my living Amazing. room. Um, do you know what? We've chatted for bloody ages, haven't we? Yeah, now and now. Well, it's flown by. It has. Flown by. Do you know what? We, we couldn't wait to get in here and have, have a chat with you today, could we? We were so excited. Yeah, it's been amazing. Well, I'm very glad that you guys popped over to Leeds to, to see us. To what, yeah. what, do you have a name for this beautiful house? Chateau de Shag? So, well, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, because we, you know we're on a, on a corner, so yeah. we were thinking about Binders on the Bend. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought when we had that on Wi-Fi, if the neighbors like try to pick up the Wi-Fi, they might, they might not be happy with it. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to shoot. Well, we're not. We're going to stay. <laughs> and drink more Prosecco. Prosecco. No, we're we're, gonna, Prosecco, we're but... not going to let them listen to the rest of it, so... We just want to say thank you. Yeah, thank you well, so thank, much. Uh, you know, I, I want to say to you guys, I know Gossip Gaze is doing very well. Number one in Beirut. <laughs> uh, so I'm very honored to be here. <laughs> and maybe next time we will uh, shoot from the hot tub. Brilliant. Deal. I can't wait. Fabulous. I'm actually going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. The Gossip Gaze. So there you have it. Don't forget to check out his OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a little... Oh, can we say? If you want. We had a little, we had a little nosy on his little OnlyFans. Yeah, we did. We didn't pay for it. He showed us when we were sat there. <clears throat> just, just to be clear. 
It was a good one, wasn't it? Good, <laughs> good. We both go bright red like uh, yeah. girls. It was good content. <laughs> it was good content. We would recommend it. Yeah. I've not. I've, that's the first OnlyFans I've ever seen. Same. I feel like the dog's making a weird rasping noise after eating this fly. She's purring like a cat. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Have I got a cat disguised as a dog? A cat in a dog suit. <laughs> is he? Are you okay? She she looks okay. Is that flies inside her alive? No. Going around. No. Does it sound like that, though? It's like hitting her insides. Maybe it's like flying inside her. Maybe she's got indigestion. It's not going to be alive inside her. Anyway, it's time to round up this week's show, love. Uh, check out our... Socials. I forgot what they were called. Then, Socials. Girl. Check out our socials, because we'll post the videos on there, won't we? On at the Gossip Gaze on Instagram, at the Gossip Gaze on Twitter, and at the Gossip Gaze, all with a Z, like Liza, um, across... Izzy, will you stop making this noise, please? You've honestly took over this podcast today. It's stressing us out. Um, check them out. Don't forget as well, guys, if you want to get involved with our listeners' letters, please do. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us, and we will see you very soon. Yes, and don't forget, we've got one more week to nab those Manchester Pride tickets. All you've got to do is leave us a lovely rating and a review make it a five star and we'll pick the best one and if you've already done that then you're already entered into the competition good luck don't fuck it up we'll see you next week boobs love you the gossip gaze thousands of people listen to the gossip gaze every week and we can help deliver your brand message to a targeted audience. So if you want to be part of the Gossip Days and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.